This is PhotoBizX, episode number 509, and today we are talking how to transition successfully from wedding into portrait photography. Our special guest had to do this because COVID almost saw the end of their business. Now, today, they are on track for over $200,000 in revenue, and they share exactly how they made that transition. Our special guests are Juliet and Ben Wilkinson of Blue Sky Photography in Cairns, Australia. And that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview photographers and business experts from around the world to help you grow a better photography business, a more profitable photography business, even faster than going it alone. And I know you are going to love Jules and Ben in their interview. It's coming up in just a minute. They do reveal so, so much. And as usual, whether or not you're transitioning from weddings to portraits, you will pick up a ton of things from what they have to share when it comes to marketing, bringing in new clients, calling clients, connecting with clients, making great sales, running ads, setting up third-party marketing campaigns. We cover so, so much. And Jules and Ben were both so generous in everything they shared. So stick around for that. It's coming up shortly. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Helen Scriver and you do love traveling, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one because Helen, although she photographs a ton at home in the UK, she also has introduced destination family portrait photography. She's jetting off to places like Paris and Italy to photograph families on these mini sessions and she's also picking up commercial and other work at the same time it sounds like so much fun not to mention it's profitable and what a great way to see other parts of your own country or the world so get back and have a listen to that one with helen if you haven't heard it now one thing i did neglect to mention in that interview with helen last week she sent me an update and i did add this information in the show notes for the episode, but she meant to tell me and you that she should have mentioned when I asked about editing that she's using Imagine AI for everything now. And after a few months of consistently uploading my revised edits to Tweak, it is so good. She also added that for the Paris photography sessions, she did some masking of subjects and sky for the rainy shoots. The Eiffel Tower was barely visible on some of those days, but most of the photos were good to go straight out of Imagine AI. So go and check Imagine AI if you haven't seen that. I was going to say app application but I guess that's what it is it's it's an AI based application that can help you edit your photos so so quick and you'll also find interviews with the founders of Imagine AI and other users in the archives of the PhotoBizX podcast now Helen also said as an update if it's useful that she just booked out her second weekend of shoots in Paris for this month April 2023 She's booked out 14 mini sessions and one two-hour family shoot. And this one was from a previous Paris mini client. And these are all booked from her January giveaway campaign. 
the one where she sends out actual printed gift certificates. Now, if you're at all unsure about what I'm talking about, get back and have a listen to that interview with Helen because she shares so much. And you can also check out her earlier interview where we talked about the main part of her business and how she's bringing in so many clients. So for the last giveaway campaign that she did run in January, the leads were just 40 cents each. She spent $57 in total and she booked those 14 free mini sessions. Just amazing. So again, get back and have a listen to that interview with Helen Scriver if you haven't heard it yet. Oh yeah, and if you are a premium member and the length of the episode with Helen is only 40-odd minutes, please delete the episode and re-download it because I had a technical glitch when I was uploading the episode for you as a premium member. It should, in fact, be 59 or 60 minutes, uh, that interview. So double-check the length of the interview before you start listening. Otherwise, it'll be cut off at a really, really bad spot. It'll feel like you're a free listener instead of a premium member. So again, check the episode length and make sure you have a 60-minute episode there. Otherwise, simply delete the episode and re-download it. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, we are going to jump into this interview with Jules and Ben. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with Jules and Ben. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. It's when we get into the nitty gritty of the marketing strategies that they're using to bring in all the leads that they are. So if you do want to access the full interview, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. You can sign up for a $1 trial membership. It lasts for 30 days. It'll give you time to check out the full interview with Jules and Ben plus the back catalog. Have a chance to hear exactly what you're missing out on every single week with every single guest. And if you love what you're hearing, stay on with your membership and become a part of the PhotoBizX family. I'll send you an invite into the members Facebook group and I, along with the other members, will do everything we can to see you succeed with your photography business. So photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Nothing makes me happier than recording success story interviews like the one we're about to. Now, my initial contact with this couple was about business coaching when the pandemic hit. And their main focus at the time was weddings and they were struggling like all wedding photographers with cancellations and ongoing expenses. Juliet emailed me and she wrote, Ben and I are looking for a business coach to help us with our transition from weddings to portrait work. We're already on this path and so far things have been quite successful on the sales side. However, where we struggle is getting leads. We've tried a few things, Facebook ads, emailing previous clients with varying results, but we feel like we're a little directionless trying lots of different things. What we want to do is create a great marketing plan and have someone to keep us accountable and consistent in our approach instead of our ad hoc reactive manner. So months later, I received this email from Juliet. She said, we've been up against it for the past couple of months feeling a bit like we aren't getting any traction and how hard it is to run a business, basically feeling pretty sorry for ourselves. Fast forward to the present day and you can see on their beautiful website, the transition to portraits is complete and they are on track, but you won't see this on the website, but she's told me they are on track for an annual revenue of over $200,000. 
I'm talking about Jules and Ben of Blue Sky Photography in Cairns, Australia, and I am truly wrapped to have them both with us now. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks so much for having us. What an incredible intro. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your business, guys. I, I said you're in Cairns. Are you servicing local clients or is it people on holidays? Or who is your market? Yeah, at the moment, we're servicing mostly local people, although looking after people that are here on holidays is an area that we're giving some serious attention to and really trying to find ways of reaching them. So that's a big part of probably where we're going to be looking over the next 12 months, but predominantly local people at this stage. Got it. And was it the same when you were focused on weddings? No, the weddings were quite varied because it's easier to reach people that are already looking in the area for a photographer. You see with a wedding, they've already got a date. They know exactly what they want. They plan ahead in advance, whereas people that are on holidays maybe don't think of getting family photography until you find some way of reaching them. So the big key for us is finding a way of reaching them. Got it, got it. So, I mean, you have, it's Cairns, if, if people don't know, and I guess most people would around the world, it's a huge holiday destination, isn't it? Like you have a, a lot of people coming in and out of the area. Exactly. Yep, that's right, that's right. Awesome. Jules, tell me a little bit about your roles in the business. Are you both shooting? Is someone doing marketing? Or who's doing what in the business? We cross over a fair bit, but basically I'm not the photographer. Ben's our photographer, but my background is business, which comes in very handy. Um, so there's definitely, a, I guess, a, a divide in regards to my skill set is I'm very organised, um, very methodical, and I am process-driven, which Ben is. Yeah, what you say is. Ben is. The creative type. So these these skills are not high on his agenda. I'm I'm good at different things. (laughs) We work quite well together because, as I say, well, I like to think we do anyway. I think we complement each other quite well. But we both are very much involved in sort of like client facing. So we both speak to leads and clients all the time. We Definitely believe that wherever you can, pick up the phone and speak to someone rather than sending them an email. So, yeah, we both like talking to people. So Mm. we're very much involved in that. But I just tend to do a bit more of the sort of like the behind the scenes thing as well. So would I be right in assuming that you're managing the calendar and the bookings and basically sort of sorting out when Ben's going to be shooting, who he's going to be photographing, what location, that kind of thing? Not really, no. Ben actually does a lot of that. We also use Calendly, so we've got that integrated with Outlook. So most of our bookings, whether appointments or shoots or ordering sessions, we generally send the links to the clients and they book themselves in. So that takes away a lot of the legwork because I actually work, I've got two jobs. So I am blue sky two days a week and then I work at the university for three days at the moment, although that will be changing very soon. Nice. And the reason I ask that is like when Linda and I are working together, Linda, my wife, she would manage a lot of the bookings. And I would have to say, listen, I only want to shoot, you know, one shoot in the morning and one in the afternoon or only you know, two weddings on a weekend is enough. I don't want to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, you know, they, and she was driven by the accounts and the, and the yeah. calendars like, hey, there's a gap here. We're going to fill it. <laughs> <laughs> is it similar? I'm giggling because, yes, we've had these conversations as well. Yeah. <laughs> we've been doing this for 14 years and I think there is definitely, if you're not the one out there sort of like 
doing the photography, then the tendency is to definitely do that. I feel I know where Linda's coming from. You, you know, you're like, let's get let's get the money in. But Ben's also really good at telling me that no, these are the dates that we want to do it. It quite quite often as well, especially um because I'm speaking with a lot of people at, at the end, just before they book in, usually I'll be the one speaking with them and then we'll go into discussing the photo shoot, where they might like to have it, go into the details of that. And then at the same time, we'll look at booking in a date for it as well. So rather than making it a, a separate step is I'll usually always try and book them in for a specific date. Mm. And of course that can be changed if need be, but try and just get them into our system. Got it, got it. So either one of you can tackle this next one, but when COVID hit and you obviously saw a decline in bookings or cancellations, you saw an increase in cancellations like we all did, I'm guessing you still had the same ongoing expenses like most photographers do. When did you realise and who did that, okay, we've got to change tact here, like this isn't working anymore? Yeah, you know, I think it was something that we both saw pretty early on. And moving to the more family orientated side of photography was something that I think that we had always wanted to do. But weddings are like a high speed merry-go-round. You can't just get off them. (laughs) And COVID gave us a really good opportunity to stop, rethink, reevaluate, and then shift our direction. So whilst it was an incredibly tough time, as I'm sure everybody can relate to, there was also opportunities in there as well. Yeah, just to add on to that, Ben's kind of touched on it, but as any wedding photographer knows, it's just full on. And that time that we had when there was a pause in bookings, even though it was incredibly stressful and scary, it did literally give us that time to be able to go, okay, we have time to plan. Let's Mm. see how we can do this. And COVID wasn't the deciding factor. We had already made the decision that we wanted to do this, but it was just finding the time to plan how was the hardest. I think we kind of decided the catalyst for us was actually we went to America in 2019. And while we were there, Ben did um, a two-man studios workshop, which was incredible. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. But um, also we caught up with his uh, friend and mentor, which is Ben Chrisman, he was making the transition at the time. And we actually had a photo shoot with him and purchased some artwork and had that whole experience. And it really just opened our eyes into, wow, this is so, it's so more fulfilling than just shooting weddings and then giving people their images. And sometimes they get an album and sometimes they don't. And, you know, that whole crazy, like Ben said, merry-go-round of weddings doing the portrait artwork sales process it yeah it just seemed it just seemed like a the, the right, right thing to do right thing to do mm. um so yeah we kind of we came back filled with ideas and that was in <laughs> January, 20, January 2020 20, <laughs> right when covid hit yeah and, and then the, and it then literally the, shut down about two weeks later yeah right so have you guys got kids no, no. So, so you had a couple shoot with Ben yeah yeah. Right. And did that still, like, did it feel like a couple shoot or did it feel no, like a family no. shoot? No. Look, you know, one of the oh. things that I've, I've always loved about Ben and Aaron and, and their team is that 
they're absolutely incredible photographers and you don't really feel like you're on a photo shoot. You feel like you're out there with friends and you're walking around and talking and we got a, a guided tour through Charleston and now we're just taking photos of us yeah. and and, you know, that's kind of the way that I like to photograph as well. So that's why, you know, following Ben and Erin and, and the Christmas studio has been so good for us over the years yeah. because they've got a, a way of looking at how to conduct a photo session that I really resonate with. I love that idea and I love that style of photography and shooting. I think it's easier as a photographer to have those um, yep. outside stimulus. Mm-hmm. But to me, if I put my business brain on, I'm thinking studio photography would be more profitable because I can get people in and out. I can control the temperature and the environment. I can just repeat what I do time after time. What are your plans moving forward? Yeah, no, look, I can absolutely relate to that. And it's something that we're we're in discussions about at the moment. One thing that I think we're both agreed on at the moment is that we would love to find a space where we can have a studio and at the very least get work out of the home into a studio so that we can use it as a a meeting space, as a sales space, but possibly as well with the idea of having a section in it where we can photograph people indoors, especially up here in North Queensland. We're just coming into our wet season now. It's hot. It rains a lot. Very few people want to go out and have their photographs taken, or if they do, it ends up being postponed. So having that option of being able to do some sort of studio-style photography I think is is definitely going to be on the cards for the future. But having said that, at this point in time, I don't think it's going to be my primary focus. Right. Got it. I mean, obviously things, I mean, I said in the intro that you guys are on track to exceed 200,000. So obviously it's working the way it is. Let me take you back to the time you sent me those emails, Jules. I mean, it sounded not desperate, but it, <laughs> yeah, it, was. it didn't sound like it was fun. Like It sounded like a struggle, <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was. It's funny. One of the things that we do now with Joel as our business coach is journaling. So we have a diary that we fill out every day. And I look back at the beginning of this year, like last year, sorry, and just saw where we come from and you know we were literally scratching around to make some sort of income last you know January February March and we got I remember our first day back last year we had a cancellation for a seven thousand dollar wedding ouch (laughs) which was only booking for about four months and so Yes. We did the morally correct thing to do. We, yeah. we did refund them. It took a long time. But yeah. at a time when there was no money coming in, that's yeah. an incredibly big blow to have to weather. Yeah. So, you know, things were pretty desperate there for a while. Um, but once we started working with Joel, it just, he taught us so much more. As I say, we went in thinking we just needed to learn how to market for leads. But what we received was a complete, uh, what's the word? I don't know. It was it was just it was a, a complete re-education. Like mindset is so much of what he teaches. Um, mindset, wellness, and to be honest, I've always been a bit kind of skeptical on the whole wellness wagon, and now I'm a complete convert. <laughs> I meditate every day. I write a gratitude diary every single day, and it's we just, do exercise. We, do, we look after ourselves. Yeah. And- yeah, and that's really what's got us through because there has still been 
lots of challenges. You know, when you're wedding photographers for 14 years and then you completely change your business to a completely different business model and refuse weddings because you're trying to make money from your new business model, it can be really scary and really stressful. And without the stress management coaching and the mindset coaching that Joel gives you, I don't think I would have made it at all. And especially when you consider as well, like if there's any couples out there, yourself and Linda know that there are challenges when you work with your partner and and especially working and living with each other 24-7. What we what I really found was that it enabled us to work together a lot more efficiently and, and with empathy towards one another as well, rather than just using each other as a punching bag. <laughs> yes. Yes. As soon as money's involved and uh, things are tough, it's, it's stressful. It's stressful on the whole relationship. And so one of the big things, I guess, one of the decisions you had to make was, okay, we've got no money coming in, but now we're going to have an added expense in a business coach in Joel. Yeah. That must've been, first of all, a big decision to make. And, did you guys in your heads or discuss, okay, we need to see a result within this many weeks, otherwise we're jumping out of this? Yeah, we did. We literally, I think we gave ourselves to the end of last financial year, end of last financial year. Um, yes, we did set us, obviously we set ourselves goals and targets and yes, and it was going well. And then we reevaluated and said, okay, let's carry on. I think it really took about, six months before we started seeing some traction. We had some awesome sales. One thing that was great at the very beginning, the very first comp we ran, the first sale that we did was $6,400, I think. From a portrait session. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. So that set the bar very high. We expected everybody to spend that much on it. And then when the next one was like, I think two, we're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And then Joel had to give us a bit of a talking to. Come on, this is, you know. So so that that helped, obviously. It really gave us a boost to be able to go, okay, well, now we know what can happen. Um, Interestingly enough, that remains our best sale to date. So... Yeah, we've had a couple. But we've come very close. Yeah, we've come very close. On the four and a halfs as well. Well, on, on the other side of that, how do you feel today if you get a two thousand dollars sale? Ah, you kind of have to stop yourself and go. Yeah, you that's can... still good money, you yeah, know. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Yeah, you have to slap oh. yourself around a little bit when you feel a touch of disappointment. Oh God, you... and so it sounds horrible, so though, doesn't it? Awesome. When I say it, but. But, you know, it's it's kind of when we set our targets and we set them high and we go after them, and I think that's something that's really defined Jules and I over the last 12 months is that as hard as it, in fact, you know, since we've been in business, is as hard as it's ever gotten is that we've never just sat down and just accepted the way things are. We're always looking for that little bit more and it's, and, and whilst, we're target driven and obviously, you know, um, average dollar sales and, and everything all comes into it. It's not really what motivates us. It's the interaction with the people. It's, it's feeling like we're doing something that's worthwhile that motivates us, I think. Yeah, and that's really important. Like, you know, money is obviously very important, but at the same time, it's really, really important that our clients walk away feeling that they yeah. have got everything that they wanted from the session. So we're flexible, you might say, and Joel will probably be cross if he hears this. Sorry, Joel. Um, <laughs> we <we've, laughs> With people that perhaps 
you know, that don't have as much. Don't have as much. You know, we'd like to be generous where you can. And uh, yeah, just everyone needs to walk away going, wow, that was an incredible experience. If they're not, then we need to look at that and go, okay, what did we do? What can we do next time to make that better? Got it. Jules, you mentioned journaling before and also a gratitude diary. Are they one and the same thing? And do you record that you don't feel good about some things or is it only gratitude? Is it only, is it only you know, roses and beautiful things? Yeah. No, because we get enough of that on social media, right? Um, it's every day we write three things that we are grateful for. You both do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's part of Joel's coaching program. So you write three things that you're grateful for, um, three things that would make the day great. So that can be either personal or business, and then one intent for the day, which was like something to push your business forward. So we do this on a working day, but I also do the gratitude diary just every day, just as a habit, because otherwise, you know. So what stops you falling into the habit of just writing the same three things every day? Because I feel like I would do that. Yeah, it can be. For me, it's something that really resonates with me, okay? I think in we're also goal-focused these days is that sometimes you forget to just stop and look where you are and what you've achieved. And I've been definitely guilty of doing that in the past. So it's really helpful for me and I recognise the value in doing it. And when I don't do it, I feel a little bit, not just, I just feel a little bit more stressed or more frustrated. So, yeah, I guess the short answer is I recognise the value in it after skipping days before and then you come back and start doing it again and it does help and i do think that there are some people that benefit more from more than others but i think everyone could benefit from it right do you see each other's journals or diaries i try not to because and a big part of it is is i don't want to be writing anything down that i feel juliet might read because that'll influence what i write down Mm -hmm. so it's it's almost like a diary in a way and she's more than welcome to read it if she wants but you know, I have to be careful not to write to make her happy. Mm. I can't read his writing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jules, what was that? I said I can't read his writing anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was going to ask you, are you using an app or are you actually handwriting, but you handwrite um, it? I handwrite it, yeah. I, I find the creative process, but not that you need to be creative. Just writing thinking, is different. Yeah, the thinking process, writing, it just helps me channel my thoughts better actually physically writing something but also as well as one of the stress management things because I'm a little bit of an anxious person and one of the things that really helps me me, which is something that Joel teaches is to actually to sit with your stress and then you know recognize it for what it is and then actually work through each of the worries that you have And I do that by writing them down. So I write them, you know, it might be like, oh, you know, I'm worried that no one's going to do this, like enter this competition that we're running. And then I'll write down worst case scenario and I'll write down things that I can do to fix that if it happens and, you know, take action on one of those points. Mm -hmm. So that is the journaling, I guess, as well. Right. And Jules, you mentioned that you look back, say, at last year's journal and and you realise how far you've come. Yeah. I imagine... This is stereotypical, but I imagine women doing that more than men. Um, ben, do you do that too? And does it? I'm terrible at that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I fit well into that stereotype. <laughs> right. So you you just do it, and so you get the benefit out of doing it on the day. You're not so much reflecting yeah. on 
12 months ago. And sometimes I might look at the previous few days just to see how, how I've gone and, and see if I've, I've managed to do the things, you know, have I had a great day? Yep. Tick, 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 done. But going back 12 months or so, I probably couldn't even find the book I was using. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's, that's what I was thinking I would be like. So that's, that's really, that's comforting. <laughs> I think a lot of it depends on your personality, yes. So, I mean, to say I need to stop and assess and, I guess, use the cliche, stop and smell the roses every now and again, and that helps me do it. Um, Yeah, so it works for me, yeah, not for everyone. Good. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. In the intro, I said or um, read the email that you sent me, Jules, about, you know, you tried Facebook ads, you tried emailing past clients, you felt like the only thing you needed to do was generate leads. It sounded like you knew how to do those things, but they weren't working. Is that the right assumption? I think I had, I I thought I knew how to do those things. (laughs) Um, I think I was guilty of trying something once, not really recording the results and then moving on to the next thing a fair bit. Also, I have learnt just which bit to go for first. The Facebook ads. Facebook is a tricky beast, I think. Um, I think I have learned over the last year to just pay for people to use to, <laughs> that know what they're doing. Consult the experts and get their advice. They'll save you lots and lots and lots of time and frustrated hours, I think. I'm curious, so it sounded like you didn't know what you're doing, but it sounds like you're still doing the same things today, but now it's working. So I'm, I'm wondering why the different results? Okay, so first with Facebook, the difference was probably Kylie Garner, um, who has helped us finesse our Facebook ads and place them and using her expertise and skills has we now know how to place an ad that will actually have a great effect. But predominantly, we've just been doing a different type of marketing. So one of the things that Joel teaches or that shares is Facebook competitions as well to generate an enormous amount of leads. And that has been the bulk the bulk of our lead generation, I would say. So this is like his blue-eyed competitions or brown-eyed competitions. Yeah, that's right. And there's yeah. a whole range of different ones that you could use. Yeah. yeah, there is. And there's, I think what's been, it's hard to say what's been more successful. We are very lucky in the fact that because we are previous wedding photographers that we have some great relationships with some of the venues here in Cairns and Port Douglas so we've been able to do sort of third party competitions with them and piggyback off their social media pages so place a competition so we'll have a big prize and then also get lots and lots of runner-up prizes being vouchers that people can use. So that's been very successful as well. I'm going to dive into that in a minute because I'm curious about the third-party stuff because I talk about it a lot. It was very successful for us in our studio, but I hear a lot of other photographers struggle to actually even get it going. So let's talk about it in just a minute. What I'm curious about is like Joel runs Facebook ads. He knows how to do it. Like he's done it successfully for his own studio for a lot of years. But you still went and saw Kylie to get some extra help. Is that right? So was she managing what Joel was teaching? Would you, um, would you say she's a little bit more specialised in Facebook ads? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. I mean, Joel actually introduced us. Mm. So I think she was on one of the masterclass Yes, he, he, he had a masterclass on yeah. his webinar. Yeah. yeah, she really resonated with us. And at the time we were looking, I think it's important not to put all your marketing in one 
uh, streams. So we were looking to expand how many marketing streams we had. And as I say, that's an area that we wanted to focus on. So that's when we got in contact with Kylie and engaged her services so she could take us through in a lot more detail what she teaches. And it was really, really good. We It was really effective. She's incredible. Yeah, definitely recommend it to all the listeners. <laughs> awesome. So can you now implement what she taught or do you just hand her you know, your Facebook uh, access and, and say, do it. <laughs> How do you go about it? Uh, I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle. I have the tools to be able to implement what she taught. Um, we have paused our ads at the moment because we've had a phenomenal response from one of the competitions that we ran over Christmas. So we are delving through 1600 leads from that. Um, from Facebook or Facebook and Instagram? That's Facebook. Just a that was a third-party competition. Awesome, mm-hmm. unreal. I, I love it. I love hearing things like that when people say Facebook doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, we can go carry on with that one in a minute. I mean, like to be fair, a lot of those sixteen hundred leads won't be strong. Well, they're not strong leads, but we've still got a good few hundred that we are slowly working through those. Um, but yes, with Kylie's work, she gave us the tools to be able to implement what she showed us how to do is the answer. Yeah. Awesome. Ben, as a photographer, do you notice when a client has come from one competition or one marketing channel as opposed to another? Like, do you see that or sense that? Or is that all sorted out before the actual shoot happens in a pre shoot consultation? Yeah, it's generally sorted out in a pre-shoot consultation. I can't say that I would really be able to tell the difference. The only thing would be, you know, if we ran a competition of people with their pets or, or mothers and sons, that, that would be the only real way to be able to do it. But we yeah. know where everyone comes yes, from. Yes, we though. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so the quality of client, you're not seeing a big difference between one competition or another? Uh-huh. Yes, we do. Yeah, sorry, I think we misunderstood the question. You can do, however, we're pretty... We spend, we invest a lot of time in talking to people and taking them through the process. And so generally speaking, most of the people who we would consider not to be our perfect client are generally make the decision themselves that we're not right for them, if that makes sense. Is that on a phone call with you or with Jules? Yeah, the initial consult call could be with either of us. And then we do what we call a planning session, which is done via Zoom, goes for 15 to 30 minutes. And it just takes the conversation a little bit further past the entry prices and what they've won and how to use it. We take them in depth a little bit more into artwork options, um, take them through, you know, for possible photo session details, locations. And then if they're happy to book from there then we book and start talking a little bit more in depth about the photo session itself. So usually by that point, if people aren't invested, they decide not to. Right. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that conversation because you, you guys have mentioned, and I can see you're working from home where you are today anyway. As soon as the video came on, you guys were both, oh, you didn't tell me there was going to be any video and I'm not recording the video. <laughs> I would have bought something else. (laughs) So what I can see now, you know, you've got a big window behind you. You've got the, the, the whiteboard. Is this the place 
this is the worst room in the house. It really, but, we, <laughs> but usually what we'll do is, is I've actually got a corner of the house set up where we have some, some artwork in the background. It's, it, we don't have a horrible big window behind us like what we do now. And um, so it, it, it looks the part. It looks nice. It's clean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying where you are as dirty. I'm just saying it doesn't look like a sales room. It looks like the workroom. <laughs> so you, yeah. you have hanging wall art in a part of the house that you're going to use in that Zoom call. And so how do you show that artwork on Zoom? Do you actually do you physically pick up the laptop and show them? So it's all sitting directly behind me. So so in the same way that we've got this window behind us, we've simply got artwork behind us. And, and there are some other other options. We've got like photo boxes and things like that, which I physically pick up and bring into the, in, into the view of the camera. Right. And is it you that does all those calls, Ben, or do you both share that? Yeah, no, I do those ones because, and I think the reason we do it that way is, is it's important for people to establish a relationship with the person that's going to be on the photo session. And it's a really good opportunity for me to start getting to know people as well. There's a lot of things that come out in conversation just by talking to people that you might not be able to pick up otherwise. And if I was to rely on Juliet's notes from a conversation like this, there might be little things that are missed. Got it. Okay. So do you call it a pre-shoot consultation? What do you call it? It's planning. Planning session. So in your planning session, do both parents have to be there? They don't have to be. However, we do find that when both people are present, we get better results because there's less conflict about prices and, and things like that. When both parents are invested in the photo shoot, you definitely get better results. However, I would say 90% of the time it's mum. Okay, so when does dad see the prices if only mum's at the planning appointment? You know what? Yeah. Usually not until the sales point. Mm. Wow, okay. And how does that go down in most cases? Usually no problems. Every now and then we can get a little bit of pushback, but we haven't had any serious problems. Right, okay. We used to hang, and it's just purely we stopped because they need to be updated, but we used to have a price guide that we give them mm. out on the shoot as well. Um that yes, that kind of falls because it's on the to-do list to update the prices. Got it. <laughs> There's a lot of things getting changed now yeah. that, that we need to implement, but that's certainly something that I think that we need to probably look back at is, is making sure that both partners are aware of what the price are. Because the last thing I want to do is get somebody to the sales point and blindside them with prices. But having said that as well, right from the very beginning, we're open with everything. There's nothing that we hold back. There's no surprising at any point. So generally what happens is with our process, and I'm it's I'm sure you're very familiar with it anyway, but as Ben said, we have the initial consult call and then either one of us will book them in for a planning planning session. But we also send out an email at that point just saying our prices start at X and then we give them a couple of prices in that email. Mm -hmm. And what we tend to find happens is if the partner, if someone's going to cancel or withdraw, it's at that point because they will normally come back and, oh, I spoke to my partner, we really don't want to start, we don't want to spend that. So thanks very much. We're like, sweet. Yeah, that's true. So they tend to drop off at that point. Right. What do you say the prices start at in that email? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. He has, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's a real gem. 
Guys, this is amazing. Massive congrats on your success. Where is the best place for the listener to see more of your work and you know, connect with you guys if they, if they want to? I'd say Insta or Facebook mainly. Uh, and the website. And the website, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, like, we, we kind of forgets the website now, doesn't it? Yeah, our website's a bit sad at the moment. Where it's, it's next on the list of things to do, so it's kind of just been kind of ad hoc changed over by me. So apologies if anyone goes on there and has a look. Don't judge us, don't judge us. <laughs> I thought it looks beautiful and uh, it's so obvious that, you know, you do what you do. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. But, yeah, I, you know, if anyone has any questions, if there's any wedding photographers out there that are looking to make the change or anyone has any questions about coaching, can I just say, first of all, sorry, Andrew, just to interrupt, but if you're thinking of coaching, do it because it will save you so long. You're basically paying for someone's experience and it helps you leapfrog making so many of your own errors because mm-hmm. it, and it gives you the belief to be able to just follow the process. Like that's something that Joel always says, it's like trust the process. And it is so true because when you're making big changes in your life or trying to get to the next level, you always have moments of doubt. And if you know that you are following an expert, then it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. So yeah. Mm, that's my recommendation. So good. I mean, I love Joel. He's amazing at what he does. Um, let me finish by asking you, and this is a, it's a bit of a hypothetical, like a, you probably won't have a, an exact answer, but since hiring Joel, which part of his training, which part of his help had the most influence on your success? Do you feel it was the mindset or the tactics? I don't think you can separate the two, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. It's, I'd say you cannot have one without the other. If I'd have just had, if we just had the tactics, I would have failed because my mindset wasn't right. Mm. But then if I, you know, if you just had the mindset, then eventually it would wear you down because you wouldn't be, you didn't have the right strategy. So the two together is what makes it so powerful. Yeah. Nice. And if we were to chat, like I'm sure we will in 12 months time, where do you see the business? What changes do you think will be implemented or what changes will be made in 12 months? That's an exciting question. Yeah, I know. That's a really exciting. exciting question. Oh, we'll I, have I, a studio. Yeah, that's, that, that, that that for me is having having a space. Yeah, um, that that is more professional than this office, um, or, or or you know, at, at our home, some, somewhere where we can take work out of the house for the most part, have a nice sales space, have an option for wet weather. I think just more of a, a professional. And maybe nobody else cares about this, but for me, I want to have more of a professional presence, if that makes sense. You know, I I understand that we're not the cheapest photographers around, and I do feel that image goes a long way into helping you justify some of those extra prices. I think that also as well that we will have some more staff would be good. Yes. So we can Somebody get... to help with the phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 we'll probably have either a boat or a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> Big goals. I love, it. I love it. Jules and Ben, you guys are amazing. I'm so glad we had the chance to record this and uh, I'm rooting for you from down here on in uh, near Sydney and wishing you guys every success and can't wait to follow your journey. So thanks again for coming on and sharing everything that you have. Thanks Thank so much you for so much. Yeah. yeah, we feel a little bit famous now. I've been listening to your podcast for a good couple of years. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jules and Ben as much as I did. Guys, if you are listening, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. And again, massive congrats on your success. It is so cool to hear about a photography studio and its owners that were struggling, made some changes, hired a coach, implemented what the coach suggested they do, and they are reaping the rewards as a result. So again, massive congrats, guys, and thank you again for coming on. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what both Juliet and Ben had to share. If you do have any follow-up questions, you can hit them up in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 509. Now, in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that they mentioned. I've also got examples of their fantastic work. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, you'll find both Jules and Ben inside the members' Facebook group. So feel free to tag them if you have a follow-up question or if you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up the business side of today's podcast episode. I hope you got a ton from what you heard. In regards to me and my life, well, I'm going to finish editing this episode of the podcast, get it out to you. I'm going to go and watch the last 100 or so Ks of the Tour of Flanders. It's a, well, I was going to say a race. It's the biggest race in Belgium and perhaps in cycling for the year, maybe only second biggest to the Tour de France. I'm going to go and catch that. The replay of the last 100Ks, I couldn't stay up any later than that last night. I'll also be heading to the gym. Maybe, maybe if I get time and the weather clears, go and hit some golf balls and then it'll be back to do a little bit more work here, especially now that daylight savings has finished and it's getting darker earlier. It is a sad, sad time of year once daylight savings ends. The only shining bright star for me is I'll be heading back over to Spain and France in a couple of months when I get the chance to take a group of cyclists back over to see the Tour de France, do a ton of cycling, escape our winter and sneakily get an extra summer in over there. So I'm looking forward to that already. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Wherever you are in the world, stay safe, healthy and well and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 